Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we debunk the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Now, today we're going to be talking about the keto diet as it relates to women breastfeeding and the whole childbearing cycle headset. And I am very delighted to have with me today my guest, Maria Emmerich. Oh, I am so honored to be here. Thank you, Marie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's great. This is something I really know very little about, but I would love to tell the audience that Maria Emmerich is a nutritionist who specializes in the ketogenic diet and exercise physiology. She is an international best-selling author of several books, including, get this, Quick and Easy Ketogenic Cooking, and the 30-Day Ketogenic Cleanse. She has authored eight other books, including several cookbooks and three nutritional guidebooks, including the best-selling book, Keto. So, I think that all of you, if you've been curious about the keto diet, uh, we looked long and hard before we invited a guest, and we felt that Maria was the person to really help you to understand this in I don't want to say a simple or simplistic way, but in a way maybe that it's practical uh, for just helping to get your, your head around this. Now, Maria, I'm guessing that because we're airing this early in the year, <laughs> that people have either decided that they're going to lose weight this year, or they've decided that, made that their New Year's resolution. And by now, maybe they've fallen off the curve a little uh-huh. bit. I mean, <laughs> honestly, uh, I, th- I think statistics say that people only stick to their diet for 10 days or something. Uh-huh. So. We really want to talk about, first of all, can you define for us what is the keto diet? Well, I did want to excite you, first of all, and let you know that Quick and Easy Ketogenic Cooking is one of Halle Berry's favorite cookbooks. So, really? If you are keto, you are not alone. No, she sent me some messages that she has a book. And Valerie Bertinelli likes my keto comfort foods. And we love Valerie at our house. We love her kids cooking, baking competition. (laughs) But, you know, the ketogenic diet, I started that when I was um, about 16 years old. I went to the doctor and I was told I had PCOS. I was given an antidepressant and an acid blocker. But I swear that fate had me take my dog to the vet that same week (laughs) because she was a beautiful golden retriever, but she was losing patches of her hair. And the first question that my veterinarian asked me was, what are you feeding her? And it was a question that my doctor never asked me. And I, right then and there, I decided to go to school for exercise, physiology, and nutrition because I have a passion for both of them. And I love food. I will always love food. I just choose a different way of cooking. There's nothing I can't make. I have children that are eight and nine, and they eat this way too. And yesterday I made them keto Pop-Tarts, if you can believe it. Um, 
I find it a nice challenge whenever they ask me, can we make those when they see something on a commercial or something? And I really enjoy teaching them how to cook healthy food because I think that cooking is a dying art. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Uh, Well, I say that because sometimes I go in the, the... grocery store and I see all of these things that are pre-prepared or they're in a box or whatever. And I think to myself, oh, for goodness sakes, I would not pay $3.89 for that, whatever it is. I can make it myself at home for a dime and it takes me, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, I'm not a great cook. I'm an adequate cook, but I I do suspect that you're on the right track when you say that cooking is a dying art. So can we still go back to, please, uh, defining that keto diet. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. (laughs) We're easy on this show. There's, you know, uh, 20 years ago, I was seen kind of as a crazy keto lady. And now keto's getting so popular. I believe it's a blessing and a curse because there's a lot of misinformation out there about what the ketogenic diet is. Some people will tell you, you need to eat 80% fat of your diet um, in order to be in ketosis. That is not true. Um, if you keep carbohydrates to a minimum, and I'm talking like 20 grams or less a day, that's what I do, um, and then you hit a certain protein Hello? goal. Now, your, your protein goal is about 0.8 times your lean mass. And for a female that's maybe 5'3", that's about 80 grams of protein. Because you don't want to lose your lean mass. Your muscles make you strong and, you know, fast and all of that. So that's important. And then depending on what your goal is, you want to use fat as a lever. Now, if I just spoke in Russia on the ketogenic diet and it was for epilepsy, in that case, Mm. we're going to turn the the fat dial up a bit. If If you already have a lot of fat on your body and you want to use your body fat to make ketones, you need to turn the dietary fat dial down a bit and be able to use your body fat for fuel. It's called um, the negative fat flux. You have to go through an oxidative priority of all the different macronutrients in order to tap into your own body fat for ketosis. Uh, Maria, I have heard that the keto diet was originally developed for people with epilepsy. Is that really true? That is true. Yeah, there's a really fantastic movie. I think it was um, in 1981. um, uh, Please do no harm. Um, Mm -hmm. It was Meryl Streep trying to find a cure for her son's epilepsy, and it was Uh, keto. Wow. Okay. So in that case, that tells me that the keto diet in some way affects your brain, your neurons or something in a way that I probably don't understand. So how does it affect things like mood, sleep, that sort of thing? You know, it's always great when people are losing, you know, 50, 100, 200 pounds. But when I hear someone that gets off their antidepressants or no longer has anxiety or no longer binge eats, That is really amazing. Um, What happens is, you know, you want your cells to talk to each other. And what happens is, is when we're eating a lot of vegetable oils and inflammatory foods, including excessive carbohydrates and sugar, your cells start to form this plastic-like crust around them when you eat Mm. trans fats. Trans fats is basically plastic, and that makes your body (laughs) look like that. Um, But, you know... 
when that happens, your cells don't communicate well. And even things like MS, you know, the cells aren't mm-hmm. talking right. When you start to fuel your body in a different way by using ketones rather than glucose for fuel, amazing things start happening. Sadly, my grandmother just died. She suffered from Alzheimer's for a long time. And her doctor told her when I was just a little tyke to get rid of all of the butter, all of the saturated fats. And you know what? She used those fake butters all the time. And what happens with Alzheimer's is your brain is no longer using glucose for fuel because it's basically a type 3 diabetes that's affecting the brain. And in that case, a ketogenic diet is amazing for reversing the detrimental effects of Alzheimer's and dementia. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I want to go back to what you said about having PCOS. For our listeners who might not know, that is polycystic ovarian syndrome, and it is very commonly associated with infertility. Uh, It can also have an impact on breastfeeding, but that's that's totally another show. But anyway, uh, you also mentioned the hair loss, and it is my understanding that hair loss, uh, uh, technically known as alopecia, That as well as uh, the infertility type issues and the hormonal issues, because, of course, you've already just talked about insulin, which, of course, is basically just another hormone. Uh, So were you able to resolve your own problems? I'm kind of assuming you could or you wouldn't be so passionate (laughs) about the the keto diet. Absolutely. Um, You know, PCOS or polycystic, polycystic ovarian syndrome is where a female has excessive amounts of androgens and those high androgens are caused by excessive or excess amounts of carbohydrates, sugar, and caffeine. Um, a lot of people are like, okay, Maria, I can give up the sugar and the ca- uh, the carbohydrates, but the caffeine, please don't. But yeah, I, yeah. I worked at coffee shops since I was 15. So I understand the coffee addiction. It was a hard one to break, but you ask any type one diabetic, they often have to correct for a cup of coffee or any sort of caffeine. It is going to increase those androgens. Um, you mentioned alopecia. One of my favorite favorite, favorite clients is I used to lift weights at the YMCA at this body pump class. And this woman would always wear a bandana on her head. I didn't know uh, what was going on. I thought maybe she had cancer and lost her hair, um, something like that. But Eventually, she came up to me and she said, Maria, I would like to hire you. I have alopecia and I'd like to do the ketogenic diet. Well, Kiki is her name and she was a professor at the university. So I only saw her in the summertime because during the school year, she was so busy. So we did a consult and six months went by and I I didn't see Kiki after that. Um, Well, she came to the gym in May after school was out and she had her bandana on and she came up to me with tears in her eyes and she whipped her bandana off with tears in her eyes. She had her first haircut in 20 years. Oh my. Oh, whoa. And I mean, that is still one of my favorite stories because as a woman, you know, a good hair day can really kind of make or break your day. Yeah. 
And I, I, just this morning, my husband said to me, I want to go to FaceTime with you. And I said, no, no, I'm, oh. I'm having, I haven't even combed my hair yet this morning. It's <laughs> too funny. So you're right. I mean, that's a, a body image issue. And I just want to say that for those of you who are skeptics out there, just remember that when you were pregnant, or maybe you're pregnant and listening oh, now, yeah. typically that makes hair thicker. Mm-hmm. And then, as you know, after you've delivered the baby, some of that hair actually falls out. So hormones are absolutely related to hair, hair being or hair loss. Maria is not making this up. <laughs> and uh, that's just really interesting. And clearly, the keto diet really did affect her in, from what I can tell, really seems like a very profound way. And Maria, we've only got about uh, less than a minute here before we go to break. Let me ask you this. Uh, does this diet suppress hunger and appetite? <laughs> yeah, actually quite a bit. Um, okay. I don't like to look at my Amazon reviews, but one of the funniest bad reviews was, I hate this diet. I'm always full. But that's <laughs> the point. You're not, you can live your life. We are most human when we are not eating or thinking about food. So you don't have to worry about when your next meal is. Yeah. You know, I just talked myself out of some food just before we got on the air. And I know it's because I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be a while before I get a chance to eat. And, oh, "Oh, I don't think I had much lunch. And it's like, no, Marie, no, you don't need that. Goodbye. And so so anyway, yeah, everybody, don't go away. Uh, I'm Marie Biancuto, and I'm here today with um, Ms. Emmerich. And she is talking about the keto diet. Don't go away. We will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff 
or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with Maria Emmerich, and we're talking about the keto diet and its implications for women who are in that childbearing cycle. Maria has already talked with us about some very interesting things, uh, uh, not specific to breastfeeding, but certainly related to the childbearing cycle. And so I really want to talk a lot more about this. And the truth of the matter is, we don't really have any science that I'm aware of as related to the safety and efficacy of the keto diet during uh, breastfeeding. So we're certainly not here to tell you to do it or to don't do it, but rather to help you to understand uh, the kinds of questions that you should be raising and uh, trying to get some really good answers for yourself before you do this or don't do it. Maria, this brings me to what I'm really curious to know. Clearly, you talked to us about the woman at the gym. You've got multiple other clients. You've been on what seems to be in multiple different countries, probably different continents. So what do you think are some of the big questions that your clients ask about the keto diet? Well, I believe that, um, like I mentioned earlier, with the popularity of keto comes some really bad advice. And so everybody wants to know how to do this healthy. Um, There's something called, you know, we're we're eating real food. If anything comes from a package saying that it's keto, always think twice. That's nothing Mm -hmm. that I would ever eat or let my children eat. You know, these so-called keto protein bars or shakes or anything like that. We eat real food food, we just don't eat the grains or, you know, things like that. And in some cases, especially with autoimmune disorders or fertility, when I work with a client, I always cut out dairy. In the ketogenic world, Mm. we get rid of all of the gluten. It's a gluten-free diet. However, sometimes it's filled with too much cheese and butter and cream cheese and all of that type of stuff. And dairy is a more common allergen than Mm. gluten is, but nobody wants to give up dairy. I'm from Wisconsin, so (laughs) if you can't tell with my accent, um, you know, this is a dairy state you can get cheese curds at the the gas station you know so (laughs) 
<laughs> we love our cheese, but it is very inflammatory for about 50% of people. So if you're suffering from a lot of miscarriages or an autoimmune disease such as Hashimoto's or Graves, alopecia, then you'd probably want to consider doing a dairy-free diet, which is one of my specialties. Well, I just want to comment about that, Maria, because very often what happens is, you know, in the mother's milk, the proteins absolutely cross the milk. There is no question about that. And if she's eating the dairy, which by definition is cow's milk-based protein, which is very different from human milk protein. I could talk about that all day long. Uh, By the way, for those of you who want to hear about milk composition, we have that show coming up soon. But anyway... uh, I'm really in your corner with this because I think that what's happened is that pregnant and breastfeeding mothers have heard, get your dairy, get your dairy, get your calcium, get your vitamin D, blah, 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 blah. And I think that we have just over-dairied ourselves to no living end. And so, yes, some of these breastfed babies do have some sensitivity to all of the cow's milk protein that has crossed over into the mother's milk. And by the way, Hear me correctly, everybody. I'm not saying that the baby is allergic to the mother's milk. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, So I think that it's worthwhile to, the first thing that I always recommend is, I I talk to the mother, but then I ask her how much dairy she's eating. And good grief, she's (laughs) eating more dairy in an hour than I'm eating in a week. Yeah. And so I kind of go for the, hey, you know, let's think about cutting this down. And oh, by the way, there are still other sources of vitamin D and calcium. I mean, oh, yes. But I will say, if you're really concerned about your bone health, do you know what the sure. sheath of our bones are made out of? Fat, but not just any fat. It's made up of saturated fat. And really? so. Yes. So, you know, if you're eating, you know, good olive oil and stuff, you have to really think about you need to get some saturated fat. And I like to tell the story when my grandma was 93, my great grandma was 93 years old. Um, She went to the bathroom, but she opened the wrong doors to the basement and she fell all the way down on the concrete basement floor. She did not break a bone. But this woman, when I would go to her house, I would help clean out her refrigerator um, and do all these little chores. And I would say grandma can I throw this away it was a coffee cup filled with this grossness and she said no that is liquid gold I said it's not liquid (laughs) it was lard oh my you know we've gotten away from those healthy natural fats that's very interesting because um I try to watch my butter intake and all of that, and I, I'm not fanatical about it, but I guess you're saying to me, maybe I can have my butter without the guilt. Well, or some sort of saturated fat. It can be, um, an, you know, lard or coconut oil or something like that, but we're so concerned with our bone health with calcium, but it's really, um, you need good progesterone, you need good saturated fats to build bone, and it's a four-to-one ratio with magnesium to calcium. Uh-oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because uh, I think that 
Americans have gotten the idea that calcium is important, and unquestionably, it is important. Yeah. But hello, how about the magnesium? You know, how many times do I go in a restaurant and I'm trying to order the dark green leafy vegetables while I'm on the road? I'm giving my comprehensive breastfeeding course or some such thing, and so I'm on the road for a week at a time or two weeks at a time or whatever it is. And, you know, restaurants really just don't have a lot of dark green leafy vegetables. It's because Americans aren't asking for them. It's really, you know, about that simple. So uh, here's another question for you is, I've heard that there are keto supplements. I don't oh. know what that is. And are, is, that, is that real or is that like bogus? It's, it's bogus. So <laughs> no, no, I don't need any hate mail, but it doesn't <laughs> need to be complicated. These ketone supplements that say you can eat whatever you want, take this ketone supplement and you'll read ketones. It's not that your body's in ketosis. You just consumed exogenous ketones, which are, uh-huh. you know, fake. So you, it, it might be helpful for someone with anxiety or mood issues, but I would say those are expensive. You're going to have bet, better results if you just eat keto. Um, and the thing is, is it's... They often cause people to, you know, maybe gain some weight because it's all about oxidative priority. It has to burn that before it can actually burn your body fat. Um, There's no quick shortcuts to this. Um, Those exogenous ketones are expensive. I would say don't waste your money on them. Um, Don't chase a ketone number. If you start the keto diet and you're testing your ketones. First of all, don't use the urine strips because they just tell you if you're hydrated. But if you actually test beta-hydroxybutyrate, which is blood ketone testing, don't get caught up if they're in a low range. It doesn't matter. Higher ketones do not mean more fat burning. Um, my ketones are low, but that's because I run in a keto, uh, in a fasted state. I'm using ketones for energy so there's less in my bloodstream. Okay. Maria, this brings me to a point that we always do on this show in one form or another, and that is the myths. I think you just busted one of the myths here, (laughs) but what other kinds of myths do you see? And and for the record, listeners, uh, there is no way that I am recommending for or against this diet. I I am not here to give medical advice, nor is Maria, but certainly there are there are like kooky things that we read and we don't know what to believe. So what would you say are some of the myths that people think or think they know about the keto diet? Well, one of them is that you have to eat 70 to 80 percent fat to be in a ketogenic diet. If yeah, your body's that's what are- I heard. Well, if you are already overweight and heavy, you want to use that to make ketones. If you consume excessive amount of fat calories, you don't actually get into the negative fat flux where you burn your body fat for fuel. You're using the dietary fat for ketones, not your body fat. Okay. So that's myth number one. You don't have to eat excessive amounts of fat to be in a ketogenic state. You do need to limit your carbohydrates as low as possible. Another one, um, let's see, would be that um, you can't do this diet if you don't have a gallbladder. <laughs> that, mm. that is not true. Um, but I would recommend to do it a healthy way, not the dirty keto way. Um, okay. Another myth would be that um, 
You can eat as many calories as you want. As long as you're in ketosis, you will lose weight. That's not true. There's physics involved. Um, But some people truly believe that, that you should never, you know, dip too low in the the calories for, you know, you could eat 5,000 calories of fat and lose weight. There's another myth um, where you can put, you can eat any, pretty much any carby food, but if you add MCT oil, which is a liquid oil, Mm-hmm. you will be in ketosis. So you could put a bunch of MCT oil over a bowl of white rice and read ketones. <laughs> but you're not keto adapted. You just have some MCT oil in your food. Yeah. So if you add enough yeah. fat to anything, you'll read ketones. I'm thinking to myself, it just sounds goofy. That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, people will do anything to read ketones, though. So, Maria, what about, and this would concern me very much for uh, breastfeeding mothers, what about this intermittent fasting where you fast for 16 hours and eat for eight hours? Is is that what you've got to do in order to be on a keto diet? You do not have to do that for okay. a ketogenic diet. My kids are eight and nine. They are very keto. They do not fast at all. Um, okay. The nice thing is that hunger goes away, so I don't have to worry about snacks every two hours. That is a myth. You don't need to eat every two hours to um, fuel your body. That is if you were a glucose burner, but if you're a ketone burner, you know, you could eat your healthy square meals a day um, and don't have to worry about snacks, which is very freeing. But um, you don't have to for intermittent fasting was not easy for me. I grew up uh, very heavy and overweight and um, it wasn't easy for me. So I don't like to force people into it. Um, but it is something that sometimes naturally happens because you're always satiated. It's very, uh, you know, when hunger happens, it's your blood sugar falling. So if you never raise it too much, it's never going to fall like that. Fall too much. Yes. That just makes a whole lot of sense. So, Hey, everybody don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuto. I will be right back with Maria Emmerich after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with Maria Emmerich, and we are talking about the keto diet as related to women in general and the uh, childbearing cycle, and to some degree, just people in general. We've talked about uh, some myths that people have and uh, some misunderstandings. Maria, one of the things that I'm curious about is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I have understood that low carb means under 25 grams a day, under 50 grams a day, under 100 grams a day. And I got to tell you, first of all, I know that low carb is not equal to keto. I know that those are two separate concepts. But that being said, how do you help people? I have tried to keep my carbs under 100 uh, grams every day, and I have to be really watching it. When I realize that uh, uh, some Brussels sprouts cost me 15 uh, grams of carb, I'm thinking, holy moly, you know, yes. <laughs> this is pretty hard to stay under. So how do you help people to stay low on the carb stuff? Well, that's kind of my specialty. I've written over 12 you know, cookbooks, and they're all... Uh, the meal plans in there are, you know, under 20 grams total in a day. A uh, big misconception Whoa. is you can subtract fiber to get your net carbohydrates. You want to count total. You can ask any type 1 diabetic. You want to count the fiber grams. Um, but you're right. Brussels sprouts do add up. Um, a lot of vegetables do. I mean, vegetables are a carbohydrate. Some people think vegetables and fruit are in a different macronutrient uh, breakdown, but they're in the carbohydrate. <laughs> yep, they sure are. Yeah, so they're not a free food. <laughs> no, go back to the part about the fiber. I think I understand net. The, uh, this seems like some mumbo jumbo to sell things. It sounds to me yes. like net carbs just means 
like the carbs minus the fiber. Is Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. There's some like keto type protein bars. I get, Maria, what type of protein bar do you re- recommend? I was like, it's called a beef stick. <laughs> but um, those, you know, keto type candy bars, they have, uh, you know, they'll say that there's only two net carbohydrates. But if you look at the total carbohydrates, it could be up to 30, 25 grams. That's as much as a Kit Kat bar. And yes. you might as well count it as a Kit Kat bar if you're going to have one of those. So really, you're saying you need to look at all the carbs, not just the low carbs, uh, not the net carbs. Right. Do you want to right? count the total? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is a way of schnuckering people into buying this, <laughs> right? Buying this bar that yes. could be as much as a Kit Kat bar. That's Absolutely. how I'm reading it. Yep. Holy cow. Alrighty. And so uh, is it true that electrolytes are lost on the keto diet? Yes, absolutely. Um, When you first venture into the ketogenic diet, some people lose 5, 10. I've had a client here that was 400 pounds and she would have pitting edema 20 pounds on and 20 pounds off. And that's just water loss getting away. But uh, with the water loss goes your electrolytes and that could cause heavy legs walking upstairs. Sometimes your moods suffer. You don't need carbohydrates for serotonin, but you do need electrolytes for, you know, having happy moods. And so you just need to be aware of getting that in. A lot of times when you venture into the ketogenic diet, you don't get the um, proper amount of salt. If you think about breads, pastas, rice, all of those things have a lot of sodium in them. Even a McDonald's milkshake has more sodium than their French fry does. Are you serious? Yes, but (laughs) people don't realize how much sodium is in a dessert. So then we get afraid of the salt shaker and I'm not saying, you know, you know, just pound it, but you do need to get enough. Otherwise you will get constipated. Yeah, I'm just, uh, the milkshake story just blows me away. Uh, It's scary. I don't think I've ever had a a milkshake at McDonald's or if I had, it was so long ago that I can't remember it, but good girl, but but I, I, I just never in a gajillion, like I wouldn't have even raised that question. I would not have had that on my mind at all. So Maria, this brings me to kind of another question. We talked about the myths and I think that myths are things that people believe that they, that they're for which there is no scientific basis. But I want to talk about the mistakes that people make, and that is the actual actions that they do. I'm thinking about something where uh, people think that they can just go ahead and eat all the fats on the planet, and then they're just piling on the the calories, so they're not going to lose weight. So mm-hmm. what other mistakes do people do? It seems like buying these carb bars that are, <laughs> it seems like that's another one. We just talked about that. It seems like that's another mistake. What other mistakes could you name? Um, you know, getting concerned when the urine strips don't show that they're in ketosis and they give up and that type of stuff. Um, another one would be drinking things like bulletproof coffee. Um, and bulletproof coffee is a cup of coffee where you add like a tablespoon of butter, a tablespoon of MCT oil, a tablespoon of heavy cream and a tablespoon of coconut oil. That's about 400 calories. And if you sat down to 400 calories of eggs, you would stop because that's like eight, nine eggs. You would get bored of that. 
but it's very easy to drink liquid calories and you're not getting any nutrients in that either, which bothers me. But then people think that they're fasting if they have a bulletproof coffee in the morning and they're like, oh, I fast until one. I was like, no, honey, you just had 400 calories of fat. You are not fasting. So, Maria, I want to talk a little bit about, we talked about electrolytes, and we know that electrolytes are absolutely related to water balance. The body needs to have water for, as far as I know, every physiologic process yep. in, in the body. Uh, so what do you tell people? And by the way, folks, if you are breastfeeding and if you have heard that drinking more water makes more milk, that is absolutely <laughs> patently false unless, unless... Uh, you have lost a lot of fluid, you've lost a lot of blood, you've got something going on that I don't know about. But I mean, most of us, just the act of drinking another glass of water has not been shown to increase milk supply if you are otherwise a healthy individual. So Maria, talk to us a little bit about water consumption. Yeah, I mean, you want to make sure that you stay hydrated. Dehydration is, you know, the simplest cause of low moods, um, low energy, migraines. Yeah, but you can't just drink more water on the ketogenic diet because you'll just urinate out more. So you need to get adequate amounts of salt in your food. I mean, you want to get about two and a half teaspoons of salt in a day. And a lot of times when you're cooking your own food at home, you might not use that much. Um so you somehow need to get that in along with dirt, certain electrolyte balances. Um, you know, and again, I don't want to recommend potassium to just anybody because, you know, right. certain medications, they might Absolutely. interact. But you do need to be aware of where you're getting your electro- electrolytes from. Sure. Okay. So, uh, Maria, are there any people, men, women, whoever, for whom the keto diet is just plain not appropriate? <laughs> um, no, um, you want to do it healthy and properly, you know, like if you're a type one diabetic, you want to work with someone like me who understands how to bolus and do all of that. Um, it's very healthy for especially kids with autism, um, you know, epilepsy seizures. It's great for, you know, helping with cancer, alopecia, MS. I mean, you name oh. it, high blood pressure. Really? I you cannot name an ailment that I do not have a testimony for. And I don't ask for these testimonies. They just come flooding in. And it could be as little as I cooked from your cookbooks or I consulted with you or whatever it is. Um, I just helped them with a Facebook message. Um, These people are really healing their bodies. But food is medicine. And we're living in this world of frankenfood and um, false advertising. And I mean, I, I live off the grid kind of, I, I hunt my own food. I fish my own fish. Like wow. I want to, I want to eat good quality food and it's, it's a rarity to find in the grocery store now. Yeah. Uh, I am astonished that when I see even the bad for you foods, I'm talking <laughs> cakes and cookies and stuff like that. And you know, you go to one of these parties or whatever it is and oh. people will bring things from the store. Yeah. I I am so not a from-the-store person. I always think, if I'm going to eat that bad-for-you stuff, I'm going to make it so it tastes really good. Absolutely. (laughs) No, I understand that, Marie. But, you know, if you uh, school-age children, this is why my husband homeschools my kids, um, you cannot bring in uh, homemade goods anymore. You have to buy them. 
Yes, yes, I I totally hear that. Uh, I was talking more about adults, but you're yeah. right. I mean, now, well, even sometimes uh, I will give programs at hospitals, and sometimes the hospital is real kooky about my bringing in food because anybody who's ever been to one of my courses knows I, <laughs> I bring in food, all right? It's Aww. either a two-day or a three-day or a five-day course. And, you know, I don't expect people to sit there and not have a snack. Right. So yeah, I do tend to bring a lot of healthy foods. I'll bring fruit and vegetables and, you know, just Fairly good. We, we also have some bad for you stuff, no doubt. Oh, no uh, judging but, uh, here, Marie. No <laughs> but the truth of the matter is we've had some hospital folks, meaning upper administration, who say, we don't want to take responsibility for this. You've got to bring the food in a package. It's got to be. And I'm like, oh, yeeps. Uh, and I'm thinking, how could that possibly be better than a fruit and veggie tray or a cheese tray or a whatever? Yeah. Uh, so, it, but yeah, I, I definitely do hear where you're going. Hey, everybody, don't go away. I am Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Maria Emmerich, who is talking very passionately <laughs> about the keto diet. Maria is the author of several books. And when we come back, I want for you to hear what she has to offer and how that, if if you're interested in pursuing this for yourself, your child, your whatever, uh, maybe Maria can give us some real insights into how her books or her materials or her consulting uh, can help you. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. 
What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths, clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. And today, uh, my guest has been author Maria Emmerich, who has been here to talk with us about the keto diet. Uh, Before we go to to Maria again. I want you to come back to me for just a minute, and I want to alert you. If you have not already been to my new website, I I know, I know, I've been calling my new site for a few months now, but some of you uh, do the downloads, and so I know that you haven't necessarily listened in an exact sequence. Please visit me at mariebiancuzzo.com. That's mariebiancuzzo.com. I'll spell it for you. It's M-A-R-I-E-B-I-A-N-C-U-Z-Z-O.com. And uh, please let me know what you think of this show or any other shows. Please leave email for us if you have a question for me or for Maria or any of our other guests. And please notice if you sign up and subscribe, we have some good freebies for you. So consider that if you would, please. So Maria, tell us, you've got several different cookbooks I would be overwhelmed. I actually, I am a little overwhelmed. <laughs> I, I look at that and I think, okay, great. So which one is for me? How would I go about picking out? Now, uh, I'm not sick. I actually uh, just got a very, very clean bill of health from my doctor. Yeah, I'm a little overweight and yeah, I could, you know, make some improvements, but I don't really have any issues. So uh if people have issues, I would imagine that becomes a little bit clearer. But if for people that don't have or seemingly have no issues, where would you start? Well, I do want to say that you do not need to be overweight to have health issues. I have uh, someone who's 105 pounds and a type 2 diabetic. She wishes she would gain weight when she cheated because she said, we are a vain society. And we look at people on their outward appearance and judge them when she admits she is one of the most unhealthy people. She had a stroke. She's only 105 pounds. It doesn't matter how many fat cells you have. It matters how stuffed they are. So you can be a diabetic and skinny. Right. But I know those 
Yes, definitely. I guess, you know, if you are someone who loves the Instant Pot, this last week I just had Keto Instant Pot book come out and it broke records. It beat Stephen King's pre-order sales. Um, People (laughs) love Keto and they love their Instant Pot. But this book also has directions for your slow cooker. So if you're old school like me and still love your slow cooker, I would say that's your book because... This helps make ease. Um, I like to make big batches of things so I can just reheat them in my toaster oven. Um, So that's a, you know, I want to make this easy for you. Um, I adopted two children and one was a baby and one was a toddler. So I learned how to cook with one hand. Um, Uh I wrote the book Quick and Easy Ketogenic Cooking um, while I was often carrying my baby around and holding my toddler's hand because he was jealous. Um, so even if you don't know how to cook quick and easy ketogenic cooking is your go-to but I also have many dairy-free books one called easy dairy-free ketogenic recipes so if you can't do any dairy I'm talking butter ghee nothing that would be your go-to and it's very easy lots of delicious soups for the winter time but what's interesting is most cookbooks only have about a hundred recipes I pack mine with almost 200 some are over 200 because I want you to really love food and find things that you find delicious and healthy and nourishing So you can be successful on the ketogenic diet. That is my ultimate goal is that you love the food. If you don't like salmon, I'm not going to make you eat salmon. Find something else that you enjoy, you know? Sure, sure. So how about this? You've got two relatively small children. I cannot believe that they don't ever get a cookie in their mouth. How do you you deal with that? But they do. They just have my cookies. Okay, which are, which are low carb, right? Right, they're made with you know almond flour or coconut oh, flour. I even yeah. have some that are totally flourless chocolate, delicious goodness, um, and they know how to make them. Um, they have gotten bombarded with sugar and they've thrown up um, because they just have never had that. Um, and then they'll will have it as a teaching moment, and they'll say, "Oh, I don't want to be sick again. That was not fun." And they love sports; they like to be fast and healthy. And you can change your children's palate if you mm. give them sugar at the age of two. Guess what? Oh. They're gonna want sugar. But right. my baby, the first thing he had besides breast milk was bone broth. I'm oh, not kidding. Uh-huh. And he yeah. ate bone marrow and uh-huh. things that you wouldn't. I mean, bone marrow is like the jello for babies. It's savory jello that is delicious. Um, and so I make you, my own bone broth. So yay! I'm with you there, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But see, you know, I, I form their palates to be different. So have they had a cookie? Yeah, but they don't really like it. Um, they would much rather have something, you know, delicious and homemade. And, um, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, it, it's sure. okay if it happens. But I would say that they're in my house 99% of the time. And they, I'm not a short order cook. And they like the food. And they know how to, you know what, my little 8-year-old can make scallops like a Top Chef. Really? Yeah, it's so easy. It's just, you know, 90 seconds aside on a hot pan. Yeah, the whole idea with that is not to overcook them, actually. So, yeah, I guess when I think about it, that's probably not all that complicated, but I would not have imagined that an eight-year-old could do that. 
He's he's awesome. But you know, they I just like to teach them how to cook and make good food and open their minds to foods that most kids, you know, when we drive by McDonald's, my little boy says, M is for Micah, that's his name, because he doesn't know what's the inside of that place. And he never uh, will when he's under my roof. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I think you raise a really important point here, which the, the, there's a high likelihood that if mothers are breastfeeding or interested in this show, they're interested in good nutrition. Not yeah. always, but but by and large, that's kind of the theme, you know. And so I think it's really important that we develop good eating and cooking habits early in the game and also to realize what you've just said, which is we can form people's palates. Uh, yes. And have you ever bumped into, oh, we don't have time to talk about this, but maybe you could quickly say, uh, what would you do with an adult who has spent all of their life eating all this crap? And uh, is there is there any one good go-to recipe that you might suggest for uh, a starter? Oh, go online and search bourbon chicken video, Maria Ooh. Emmerich. I make bourbon chicken a video okay. because I'm a visual learner. Uh-huh. It is delicious. It's kind of like sweet and sour chicken. Amazing. All righty. Well, there's a great tip uh, that we could actually start with. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to Maria Emmerich, my guest today. Maria, you've been really fun to talk to. You've given us so much information. Thank you so much. Oh, you're a blessing. Thanks for having me. Alrighty. And all of you who are out there, I know that I'm in 65 different countries, which means that I have literally tens of thousands of listeners all over the globe. I am so flattered, honored, and blessed that you think that this program is worthwhile. And if you do think it's worthwhile, please share the love, tell other people where to find the show. Don't keep this to yourself. Uh, Let them know where it is on your favorite uh, iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. And please do stay with us for next time. And in the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Mm. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. 